I have uh, used my joke books every day for a year and a half. And uh, some of those joke books are joke books that some of you folks have bought me. And uh, on the front cover it says bad dad jokes and tell me, they are bad. But I do it for a podcast and it gets people to smile and say, man, that's bad. Uh, anything to get our mind off of what's going on in our world today, amen? So, are we ready to go live? You are live. I am. How long have I been live? <laughs> About 68 years. Yeah. <laughs> yes. About 68 years. <laughs> Praise God. In a year and a half of doing this, we still have yet to come up with a little sign that says live. So, I know what's going on. And uh, so you that are home, <clears throat> thank you for tuning in. And uh, I told myself, self, you need to do something today for those that are home and those that are present. Throughout this year and a half, God has blessed this church with faithful people. Even though you've not been here, you've tithed, we've paid every bill, and I'm so grateful. And I want to pray a blessing on you. Heavenly Father, thank you for those at home and those in this building today that have been so faithful to give unto the Lord. And Lord, you're the one who multiplies back. And so God, I pray multiplication to come. Lord, that finances will come in that's unexpected, that bargains will come to them as they go shopping that's unexpected. Lord, that you would just stretch the dollar and God, that you would pour out your spirit upon those who've been faithful to give. And Lord, I know some give double tithe. And so God, they're expecting a double blessing. And Lord, I stand in a spirit of agreement with them. Lord, as they have given, that it will be pressed down, shaped together, and running over, poured into their laps by the power of God Almighty. And Lord, I pray for those that are fighting sickness, disease, difficulty, Lord, in life. I pray, God, for deliverance. I pray, God, that you would sustain physical bodies for your glory. For, God, you created us, and we are blessed to be yours. And we say thank you for the health that you have for us today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. I, uh, it's one of the things with, with the ritual of having church, we've changed up everything. And so we've gone months without praying over the offering. And uh, I just feel it's important that we pray for those who are faithfully to give. You know, we were created by God. And some say we were created uh, from the dust. On the way home from church, a little boy asked his mother, Is it true, Mommy, that we are made of dust? Yes, darling. And do we go back to dust again when we die? Yes, dear, that's true. Well, Mommy, when I was praying last night, I looked under the bed, and I found someone who is either coming or going. <laughs> you have your Bibles turned with me to, uh, <laughs> some of you trying to decide whether you're coming or going, right? <clears throat> Looking at Luke chapter 9, verse 28. 
About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James. Say it with me. Peter, John, and James. Say it again. Peter, James, and John. Peter, John, and James. James, John, and Peter. Folks, this has been an interesting service. We've had thunder go off while some of my praying. We've had car alarms going off while I'm praying. And then when I begin to do announcements and speak, then we have phones going off. And so this is just, just a normal day in the walk of a sermon. Yeah. So Peter, John, and James. I really threw you a curve, didn't I? These are the three guys that are the closest to Jesus. These guys are just there. They are rock solid with Jesus. They went up to a mountain to pray. Just the three of them. Other disciples were doing other stuff. But these three went with Jesus to pray because it was prayer time, it was intercession, it was let's get on with life, let's get this thing taken care of, let's go pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor. Say it with me, glorious splendor. Can you imagine the power, the electricity, the light, glorious light coming out of their very being? Jesus is there, and there is a bright light. And now if the thunder would stop and the lightning would flash, that would be appropriate at this moment. His clothes became bright as a flashing light. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, Talking with Jesus, they spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment in Jerusalem. These two ancient folks have showed up to talk about Jesus and what is about to happen. Why do you suppose that happened? Well, you remember Jesus took on the form of a human person, human being, did he not? How many times have you gotten a little concerned about what was ahead of you? You start focusing on stuff, and some people call it focusing, some people call it flat worry. <clears throat> well, if Jesus was just like you and I, I have a feeling that the death, burial, and resurrection was something that was really on his mind. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, and when they uh, became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, isn't Peter, Peter's fun. I just love Peter. He just speaks off the top of his head, puts his foot in his mouth. Master, it is good for us to be here. It's great that we've been here to see this. It's great. It's what's wonderful. Let us... Let us put three shelters, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And he did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. Fog has a way of really messing with your brain. And you can put your high beams on, it just makes it worse. You've got to put the low beams on to get through fog. But this is a Holy Ghost fog. This is a fog of the presence of God Almighty. 
So this is a very brilliant, brilliant cloud. <clears throat> a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and took no one at the time and told no one, told absolutely no one at that time what they'd seen. How do you explain three bodies with angelic, glorious light? <clears throat> you can't explain that. They couldn't share it. But they were the three closest to Jesus. And even though they were partially asleep, we see two individuals being with Jesus. These individuals represent the presence and the power of God Almighty of days gone by. And they, they are empowering Jesus to do what he must do. Peter, James, and John, they were very close to one another and close to Jesus. And they, they were on this mountain and they couldn't figure out what in the world was going on. They heard concepts, but they weren't sure they understood it all. They weren't sure that they had a complete understanding of what was going on. And it's interesting to see how God works out all things for his glory. And how that the peace of God that passes all understanding rule and reign in our life. And as they recognize the fact that there is a tremendous amount of activity going on. Can there be any more interruptions? In this <laughs> Trans. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> the transformation of Jesus before his closest disciples was phenomenal. It was a glorious light. And Moses and Elijah brings us to the point of the law and the prophets. Communing with Jesus that what has taken place in the past is going to be totally transformed. Transformed. The whole world is going to be transformed. The whole setup of God is going to be transformed because Jesus, you're going to Jerusalem to be put on a cross to die for the sins of mankind, the old is going to pass away, the new is going to become new. This is phenomenal. Amen. So much that Peter, not knowing what he was saying, was we need to, we need to build some buildings here to, to have the memorials to worship. And they didn't have a clue. They did not have a clue that Jesus wasn't going to stay around. They didn't have a clue. What a powerful, powerful story. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. 
a man in the crowd called out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A dad with his only child. A spirit seizes him and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and destroying and is destroying him. I beg your disciples to drive him out, but they, they, they just they couldn't do it. They could not do it. And Jesus comes back with all unbelieving, perverse generation. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. Jesus is telling them, I'm fixing to leave. They're not reading between the lines. They can't comprehend because their mind's set on a kingdom on earth. And Jesus' mind is about a kingdom in heaven. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the evil spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. A boy totally transformed, glorious deliverance and healing. Demonic forces were removed. And whatever the demonic forces had destroyed in that body, God brought healing into him and made him completely full to the point that people recognized this had to be God because this child has never acted like this before. That's the power of our God. While everyone was marveling at what Jesus did, he said to his disciples, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. Again, he's trying to tell his disciples, I'm fixing to go be hung on a cross. But you're not comprehending. But they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them, so they did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. Can you imagine the heart of these three men, Peter, James, and John. Seeing the light of the gospel, seeing the light of the glory of God being displayed in three bodies and not fully understanding it and not, not dare telling anyone about it. And then they see this young boy set free, totally set free and healed. And they get the message that Jesus is going to be leaving, but it doesn't connect to their brain. And they didn't ask anything about it. They were afraid to ask. Was it they was beginning to perceive and not wanting to perceive it? How many times in life have we gotten a message that we don't want to hear the story? But we have to deal with the truth. And then we have to work through it. The disciples uh, hadn't worked through it. They were hearing it, but it wasn't connecting. And to the point, listen to how carnal these guys were. It encourages you to think that we're all human. An argument started among the disciples. They've been in the presence of God Almighty. They're seeing demonic forces smashed. They're seeing boys healed. They're seeing tremendous things. And 
What do they do? They get in an argument. As to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child, had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For he who is least among you, among you all, he is the greatest. So Jesus is saying this child is greater because he's the least. Master, notice that John changes the subject. Master, said John. We saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he is not one of us. You see, they, was, they had a pecking order. They, they thought that you had to be part of them. You had to be in the inner circle, and, and Jesus is saying, look, the guy that's the smallest is the greatest, and it's not about what happened in your life. It's not about the miracles transpiring in your life. It's not the fact that you've been my close buddy for three years. It's the fact that you're going to humble yourself, and God's going to use you. And it goes on to say, but we want to stop this guy because he's not one of us. You see, again, ego is in the way. Jesus said, don't stop him. Jesus said, for whoever is not against you is for you. So when people are working in the name of Jesus Christ, bless them. And that's what he's saying. Don't fuss about it. Bless those who are binding evil forces in the name of Jesus Christ, and God is honoring their ministry. Bless them. In the time uh, approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus uh, resolved to set forth for Jerusalem. He realized the time was approaching, and so he marched on. He resolved in his heart, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to go through this. How can he go through it? Because he just got encouragement from his father sending him Moses and Elijah in an angelic light beam, if you would. And so he knows he must go on to the cross. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was headed for Jerusalem. Samaritan people were a haughty people, a lot of pride. And that's what we're dealing with today in this message is the underlying comment of a lot of pride. The disciples were prideful. The Samaritans were prideful. They, they had better ideas. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked the Lord, Do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? Now they had the power, they had the desire to destroy. God has the power and the desire to bring life. And so the disciples, once again, in their carnality, are saying, they don't agree with us? Toast them. But Jesus turned and rebuked them. And they went to another village. Jesus, where he was not wanted, did not go. He knew that he had to go to the cross. And going through Samaritan, Samaritan was a, a shortcut. And so they had to go the long route because they weren't welcome there. And he realized that he's beginning to proclaim the fact that I'm going to the cross. 
and there's others that's wanting to destroy him. They're wanting to take him out. They want to kill him because he is changing the culture of the day wherever he goes. And we are people of habit, creatures of habit. And when you start messing with people's habits, they get upset. <clears throat> oh, yeah. We are all in that boat together. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He's saying to this individual, if you're going to follow me, just know you're not going to live in a mansion. Just know you're not going to have fancy things. Just know that it's a difficult life. It's not glamorous. It's not just all glitz and glow. It's not just all miracles. It's a difficult life. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Let the dead bury the dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Jesus is not being disrespectful. But what this individual was saying was, I, I, I want to follow you. I want to do what you want me to do. But I need to go take care of my dad first. My dad's sick. He's going to be dying. I need to take care of him. And Jesus is saying, let the dead bury the dead. Let those who are not enlightened by the gospel take care of burying the dead. But you have been enlightened by the gospel. You need to get involved in the gospel. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. If you've never put your hands on the hands, on the handles of a plow, this scripture verse means nothing to you. But I have had the privilege of putting my hands on the wood plow handles. When the plow is down to the center and you're holding onto those wood, and you're hoping the team of horses stays where they're supposed to be, and you're doing all the work you can to keep that plow in place. We were doing potatoes, and my dad was always doing something unique to plant potatoes and harvesting potatoes. And so he hitched up the tractor to the plow, and of course you know who got to be on the plow. And the trick to the plow is, is that you've got to keep your eye where it's going, but you also have to give it pressure however the soil is breaking. There's a, a putting weight on the handles. And Jesus says, you know what? If you're going to follow me, you can't look back. When you look back, you lose your train of thought of where the plow is at in the ground. And you've got to keep it pushed down. You've got to keep moving it to be a part of moving dirt. 
And Jesus is saying, if you put your hands on the plow, you can't look back. The truth of the matter is, you can't change yesterday. And you can't change tomorrow. All you have is this moment. Because there's no guarantees of tomorrow. And yesterday's gone. Oh, I'd like to change that. I would have liked to have done that differently. It's too late. Don't look back. Know that God can forgive you of whatever happened in your past. Put your hands on the plow and get plowing for God. Get involved in the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom glory? The glorious kingdom of God is seeing people saved. It's not burying people. It's not going back to have a family reunion. It's preaching the gospel. You say, Pastor, that means we disrespect family. No, you try to work with family, but you don't allow family to dictate what God's doing in your life. Missionaries say goodbye to mom and dad. Sometimes sons and daughters for four years at a time. In years past, that was very difficult. Now we have the, the Zoom and the electronics and, and that makes it a little easier but still there's a distance that takes place and God has called them to that ministry and for them to not follow God they're going to be miserable with their family they must follow the Lord and God's blessing will be upon them i got to be honest with you there's some things I do in selfishness Imagine that. You ever do anything for in just for selfish reasons? I get it. I get it. There's only two people in here that's really, really, really good. But I, by the grace of God, had shovel snow for my neighbors. You say, Pastor, that's not selfish. Yeah, it is. Because I got a 96-year-old mother at home. That people come by and shovel snow for her. And they don't charge her. And so I, I just, I want you to, to realize that what you give up for God, He multiplies back to you. The scripture says, whatever you give, it will be multiplied back to you. And if you're struggling seeing the blessings of God, ask yourself, God, what am I not giving you? Gifts, talents, resources, myself, my ability just to do whatever you want me to do, God. To love on somebody that's unlovable. Somebody that just rubs you the wrong way, God said love them. Buy them a gift. Buy them something special that they need, something that they can use. God has called us into the kingdom of God for such a time as this. There's a lot of people out there that's hurting. And sometimes it's just a phone call saying, hey, I'm thinking about you today. I'm ready to, I want to read this scripture to you. You pray with me. I want to ask God's blessing in your life. You say, Pastor, I don't know how to do that. Good. Practice. People just want to know you care. They don't want to know that you know how to pray perfectly. They don't want to know that you can read every word of the Bible perfectly. 
But when you take the word of God and give them the word, it's not your attitude, it's not your philosophy, it's God's anointed word of God. And it transforms whoever hears it. And guess what? When you are the perpetrator, when you are the one putting out the word, it's transforming you. I've read more scripture, prayed more people on the phone last year and a half than in my entire lifetime. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and it, 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 it's not difficult. I mean, I pray with people that don't even attend church. They say, Pastor, what's wrong with you? Your brain's messed up. No! The whole world has been touched by this COVID and they need to know that God cares for them and God loves them and somebody wants to pray for them and ask God's blessing and protection upon them. Hallelujah. And it's been fun to watch people just kind of like say, <clears throat> thank you. <laughs> because they know it came from the heart. And that's what life is all about. Jesus is preparing his disciples, the closest ones, trying to get the message to them. But it's not focusing in on their brain. But they have a memory. And in the weeks to come, we'll recognize the fact that Jesus keeps on telling them, I'm going to the cross, I'm going to the cross. And just before he goes to the cross, he says, God, open their minds. I ask that God open your mind today to the full gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to being saved, being filled with the Holy Spirit, the other speaking in tongues, and praying for people to see miraculous things happen. This whole sermon today was about the miraculous, the miraculous presence of God showing up with this great light show, the presence of God bringing deliverance to a boy and bringing healing to him, the glorious position that God has for all of us, and that is to be last on the totem pole, because who is last will be first. So we humble ourselves and realize that with God, all things are possible, and we don't have to have uno, number one position. God will position us where we need to be. And he's an awesome God. And then the kingdom. We have a glorious kingdom to represent. We have a glorious kingdom to present. We have a glorious kingdom to share with all mankind. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for the marvelous, glorious principles of your word and how that we have witnessed today the mighty move of your spirit in the scriptures. When that transfiguration of Jesus took place, those disciples woke up with the brightest light they've ever seen in their entire life. And they were impressed with the fact that something really special just happened. So much that it took the breath out of them. So much that they couldn't repeat it. God, touch us today with a brand new light of the gospel. Lord, a, a new awareness of your presence to know, God, that our people are needing to see Jesus in us. Not that we're perfect, but that we're forgiven and we're going to heaven. Lord, I pray for those that are struggling today, God, that you would just give them a spirit of courage. 
that they might be lifted up above the circumstances of life and, and sense your divine presence, your divine anointing that transforms all of us. Thank you, Lord, for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, friend at home. It's been good having you with us. We're going to continue to go on into our altar service. The altars are open, and, and I just want to encourage you.